Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Let's pray together. Oh God, we are so full of joy and life this morning. We worship you with glad and thankful hearts, and we're ready to be about your work. Be with us now as we open your word and hear from you. Speak to us through these beautiful and ancient words that we may find life in your name. Amen. I was going to tell you all, I made a new friend out at the airport about two years ago, and uh, that, that new friend and I, we, we enjoy flying together, we enjoy fixing uh, broken airplane parts together, we just enjoy uh, talking about life. It's, it's fun to just be with him and be out at the airport and enjoying those things that we both enjoy. But uh, shortly after we met, he really made a point to tell me that I now have a friend in low places, okay? He really went over this a lot, and I was confused by what what he was saying. He gave me several examples. He said, now, listen, preacher man, that's what he calls me, preacher man, if you need anything, anytime, day or night, you call me, I'll be right there, okay? If you crash in a cotton field in West Tennessee and break both your legs, you call me, I will come to you right then. I'll get there as fast as I can. If you run out of money on a trip, you call me. If you get thrown out of a bar, you call me. If you go to jail, call me. I'll bail you out. If you do something that you shouldn't have done and need to hide, I've got a farm. You call me. You can go, don't worry. Don't worry, preacher man. You've got a friend in low places now. I thought, well, I, I am a preacher. And I'm usually pretty good. The only place where I ever actually have to think about not losing my mind with regard to my behavior is the Verizon store. That's one place. And then occasionally at a church meeting, I will get just a little bit out of control. I I try not to live out Garth Brooks songs. Y'all know Garth Brooks? I've got friends in low play. You know that song? That's, That's what he was talking about. There's a, there's a little story in Mark chapter 2 that makes me think about my new friend and what we're getting ready to do today. So I wanted to read you that story. Let's hear, let's hear the Word of God from Mark chapter 2. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So, so many gathered around that, that there was no room for them, not even in the front of the door. And he was speaking the Word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. 
And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic or the paralyzed man lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves, and he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The Word of God for the people of God. And so we say, Thanks be to God. While we were in the Holy Land, we visited Capernaum, and we saw Peter's house, which was actually Peter's mama's house. That's where Jesus stayed. That was Jesus' home when he was in Capernaum. This is likely where the story happens. Everything is so compact there, little, little alleys running between houses, the, not really a street, just, a, just enough room to walk. You can see, you can really get a sense for how crowded it was and also for how difficult it would have been to get this man and his mat carried by four men into the presence of Jesus. They could never have made it up and down those little alleys like that. These four friends climb on the roof of the house. They make a hole in the thatched roof. They had to literally dig through the roof, and they, they lowered him down. They've heard about this healer, Jesus. They just know that he can heal their brother if they can just get him to him. They've got to get him into the presence of Jesus. Now, had they been good religious people, had they been better religious people than what they were, they would have thought more about their own uncleanness. They would have been more concerned about that. You see, this man's, this man's paralysis was thought to have been caused by his sin or perhaps his father's sin or his grandfather's sin. That's how they thought about things like then back then, and their being around him, carrying him, helping him, would have brought his sin onto themselves as well. He was unclean, and by association, they were now unclean too. The religious thing to do, the religious thing, the right religious thing to do back then would have been just to, to pray for that man and leave him alone. Don't touch him. Stay away from him. That would have been the right thing for them to do. But they loved their friend. And if that meant being marked as unclean and doing a little property damage to Peter's mama's house, <laughs> why, they were going to press on and do that because they could get their brother, their friend, healed. We can fix the roof later, but our brother has to get to Jesus. Jesus is moved by their faith, not just the faith of the paralyzed man, but their faith. He speaks so tenderly, son, your sins are forgiven. He cleanses this man with his word. He just says it and he is made whole. 
The religious teachers in the house, they're not happy. They don't say it, but they think it. Jesus hears their thoughts. Who is this who thinks he can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. This is blasphemy. Jesus confronts their stinking thinking. (laughs) Can you imagine Jesus confronting you publicly for something you thought privately? Would you like that? (laughs) I don't think I would like that, especially not in the Verizon store. Jesus says, uh, Jesus says, okay, okay, I hear you. I'll just do it the other way, and then you will understand that I can do both. He says, son, stand up, take your mat, and go home. The man walks out of there so that all, verse 12, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Sometimes our religious scruples can get us into trouble We forget that our salvation, our being made whole, doesn't really become tangible until we start tearing holes in roofs so that people can get to Jesus, so that other people can get to Jesus too. You'll be doing that today in a lot of different ways, not because you are trying to earn God's favor by any stretch, not because you have something to give to those who have nothing, not even because it's just a really nice thing to do on Sunday, September the 24th, but because you have been caught up in the grace and love of God turned loose on the world in Jesus. We will never know whether you get healed today or somebody else does. What matters is that we are putting to work the promises of the gospel, and all are blessed when we do that. Remember, Jesus is moved by the faith of all involved in this endeavor, not just the faith of the paralyzed man. A few weeks ago, my friend in low places and I were, (laughs) we were flying over the west side of 840, you know, out on the west side, around on the other side of Nashville. And I, I took that opportunity to tell him about my car breaking down over there on my way home from the camp meeting thing I preached in in West Tennessee. Y'all remember I was there in July, 13 sermons in seven days, 11.30 Thursday night. I'm exhausted in every conceivable way, driving on the most desolate part of 8.40, and my car quits. I have to call six towing companies to get somebody to bring me the 62 miles back to Murfreesboro. It's two hours. I climbed up a hill. I had on suit, a suit. I took off my shirt. I had my undershirt on, suit pants, and dress shoes. I'm sitting in the brush on the top of a hill on the side of 840 waiting for the record because I'm so scared of the big trucks coming by in the middle of the night. They were so loud and so big. Finally, the record pulls up. I look like Tom Hanks in that castaway movie, waving my handkerchief. Oh, help, help, please get me. Four hours later, I'm at home in my bed. I tell, I tell my friend in low places all of this, and, and uh, he, he gets so upset while we're flying. He gets angry. He is mad in a tiny little airplane. Why didn't you call me? That's exactly what I'm here for. I would have come to get you in the middle of the night. I would have told you back with a chain. You wouldn't have had to borrow a call a record. We could have got it all back. Why did you do that? I'm so mad at you for not calling on me. I said, uh, oh, he's going to crash this airplane. He was that upset. I said, right now we need friends in high places, brother. Hang on. High. Stay up high. We don't need low places right now. We finally made it back home. I said, why is this whole friends in low places thing so important to you? I I just don't understand. He looked at me and said, preacher man, 
when you have been saved time and time again by the selfless actions of people who bring light to your darkest moments. You soon learn that the only way to keep that light burning, even in your own soul, is to share it with others, whether they want it or not. <laughs> let's, go, let's go make a few holes in the roof of this world today so that the light of Jesus can get to, to everybody, even us. <laughs>